Welcome in to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And across from me, as always, is Jordan Sherwood. You can follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. You can get all his picks at FatJackSports.com. Make sure you sign up for Fat Jack Sports for the rest of the summer and, of course, the upcoming fall with football just around the corner. Jordan, how's it going? We've got a UFC fight night to preview as well as some thoughts from UFC 289 where we did see a retirement. We saw the gloves come off. We saw the gloves on the mat. We but talked was, about that being a possibility for did, Amanda Nunez. We, did. we didn't know about her motivation at 35 and what she had left to cement her legacy. Uh, I, I Look, she's the GOAT. She's the greatest of all time. I think she deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore of all mixed martial artists alongside like Anderson Silva, GSP, John Jones. Uh, she, what she did, what she accomplished, doing it in multiple weight classes for the longevity that she did and the, the, the fighters that she faced. Uh, she, she's one of the best, if not the best, that, that we've seen. And uh, privileged that, that we were able to see her in the era of Amanda Nunez. And who knows? You know, she's still young enough that, that maybe there's motivation. Maybe there's fire to come back in, in a year or two. But she's going to be a mom for the second time. She's going to go and, and raise that family and try and maybe get on with the, with the second part of her legacy. And then if we reflect back on what happened, well, we talked about the over. We talked about the over, that this was a winnable fight, parlay mm-hmm. stuffer for sure. Mm-hmm. But Amanda Nunez going into the championship rounds, even winning via decision, we talked about that in the podcast. So that was a good thing. The bad thing, even though it was brilliant, and we talked about it, Charles Oliveira. I mean, do Bronx. I, I'm smiling here because I'm such a fan of him, and he won. But late in the day, late in the week, uh, I released you via flipped. Fat Jacks where I flipped Benil Dariush. I had good reason to. I still believe in the reasoning that I did. The logic was there. The logic was there. You got to stick with your gut. Once again, uh, Charles Oliveira, you know, proves me wrong. Proves a lot of doubters wrong. And I look as he continues to be the underdog. And look, if he if he matches up against one more time against Islam Makachev, like he's going to be the underdog. And yes, he didn't look great uh, when they met uh, last, and Makachev became the lightweight champion of the world. But you know, things could be differently. Uh, you know, if Charles Overa gets that opportunity again. Yeah, and so we are a few weeks weeks away now uh, until UFC 290, where Alex Volkanovsky is going to fight, Brandon Moreno is going to fight, Robert Whitaker and uh, Drixis Duplessis is going to fight. So there's, I mean, there's a bunch of good fights on that card, but we do have some UFC. We have a, we have a card to talk yeah, about. We have yeah. a UFC fight night, a couple of them to discuss until we get to that point a few weeks. That fight, uh, UFC 290, is uh, July 8th. Eighth, it looks like. So we've got some fights to talk about until then in this UFC fight night between Marvin Fatori and Jared Cannonier. Uh kicks off or whatever it is in in uh in UFC. What do you say? Kickoff? Kickoff? We're gonna say kicks off. <laughs> That's fine. Let's go. First We're gonna bell. Say, yeah, the first bell. It's not really yeah, I guess it is kind of a bell. Uh the Fight the the not pay per view the fight night will uh, kick off with Nicholas Dalby against Muslim Salikov. Salikov minus one ninety five. Nicholas Dalby plus one fifty. These guys have a combined fifty MMA appearances between the two of them. Uh, Dalby is coming back. Uh, he's got twenty one four and one in uh, hit, with two no contests in there as his overall record. Salikov is six and two inside the octagon. And uh, if you remember, he uh, had to fight Li Jing Liang, Li Jing Liang last summer. 
which didn't go well, uh, for him. Each of these guys are in the top 15 in the welterweight division. How do you see this one going? And that's funny you mentioned that fight because that could be the game plan uh, that Nicholas Dalby follows if he wants to be successful against the king of kung fu. Uh, when you have a guy in, in Salikov, you know, 39 years of age, so he's not going to be coming with the same horsepower, the same type of speed that, you know, led him to this 19-3 and record. But look, he's coming off a very impressive uh, spinning wheel knockout of uh, Andro, uh, Andre Fialo. Uh, he's looked very good in his in his UFC career, and he's very difficult to game plan for because of the variety of strikes and the unorthodox nicks that he comes uh, to the table with. And he also has that Sambo background, so he can rely a little bit uh, on the wrestling uh, that he spent as an amateur, even though we really haven't seen it uh, so far in the UFC. Nicholas Dalby of veterans of veterans. I mean, the guy, you know, in his second stint now in the UFC continues to amaze, continues to rely on his grittiness, his toughness, uh, his cardio to be able to push pace hard for three rounds. And I think that's where he's going to have to, you know, find the advantage. I think Solokov clearly is going to win the first round. He, he establishes distance extremely well. He's very, he's one of those guys, we've talked about it before on the podcast, Adam, like guys that are difficult to mirror in, in training camp. Solkov is that. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to find a guy that could, that could do the variety of strikings and where it's coming from. But can Dalby survive? Can Dalby look at the Lee G. Lang fight, uh, the Leech, and, 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 and kind of replicate that game plan? Pressuring Solkov, closing the cage distance even further. It's going to be a small cage at the apex. And relying on, at, at, even though Dalby's no spring chicken, maybe some cardio to be a factor into rounds two or three. I think for sure this fight is going to distance. I think Salikov, even though he has knocked out some competitors before, Dalby is a very tough out, a very guy to go out there and finish. Um, and then you, you, you have to you know just believe in the fact, like, who's going to get their hand raised? Who's, who's going to you know lead the dance in, in rounds two or three? I'm going to side with Salikov here. Uh, it's it's probably a little bit too pricey for for my taking right now at a dollar ninety, but he's so hard to mirror the image. I just see him peppering from the outside, landing strikes, and Dalby kind of chasing him around a little bit in the in the octagon and not being able to really establish himself nor get takedown. So I think Salikov and the over are probably my recommendations here on a Wednesday. All right, so that over of two and a half is minus 175, and Salikov is a heavy favorite, like you mentioned, at minus 190. Uh, Salikov to win by decision, if you were going to do some uh, value hunting here, is plus 180, and then Salikov to win by knockout is plus 200, followed by Dalby to win by decision at plus 250. The rest of the odds are pretty ridiculous, 10 to 1, 14 to 1. If you're on the Dalby side, I think you got to look at the decision prop. Okay. I think if you, if you want to really just add a little bit more sprinkle, uh, you know, sprinkle a little bit more value on, on Dalby just as opposed to being straight up, because I don't see him also knocking out Muslim Salikov. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really believe that Dalby's going to have to grind his way to a decision, scoring in rounds two or three, to carry favor with the judges and get his hand raised. But by your logic also, if you're going with Salikov to win and the over and to go the distance, then Salikov by decision. Salikov by decision at plus 180. We sprinkle in there? Sprinkle in there? I think, think again, yeah, because just going back to 
Uh, I, I believe Hal Salikov is going to win with distance and, and, and also coupling that factor, too, that, that Dalby's just a tough, gritty veteran that doesn't get finished a heck of a lot. All right, our next fight, Armin Petrosian against Christian Leroy Duncan. Leroy Duncan is minus 150 in this fight, and Petrosian is plus 118, the underdog. Uh, he's 7-2 and two in his career following a victory over A.J. Dobson. Uh, but this is someone who's got a little more of a stylistic that is catered to Petrosian. So is he right for the upset? If could he win against Leroy Duncan? I here? think it's worth it's it's worth a shot. I mean, look, you know, England's Duncan is is a very versatile striker, very fun to watch. He's got you know flashy kicks, a tremendous amateur background, and obviously now unbeaten a, a, as a pro. This is a good you know stylistic matchup for him. He doesn't have to worry about you know guys that are pursuing takedowns and and trying to change this into a grappling exchange. Petrosian is also a kickboxer with tremendous fundamentals. I think that the thing that you're going to have to pay attention to, kind of similar to what we talked about with the Dalby uh, the Dalby fight against Salikov, is you know Petrosian does push a very good pace and is capable of. of, of pressuring for three rounds and also has one punch, you know, knockout power. Um, and Robocop, you know, he had a victory over Robocop, quality win, uh, and, and is just on the cusp uh, of breaking into the ranking. So uh, I, I think Petrosian, just because of his experience, the, the strength of schedule, um, worth a look. Worth a look for sure because of just the, uh, of his veteranship uh, and, you know, he's going to be familiar with what Leroy Duncan is going to win. But I could also extend, you know, understand the argument that, like, look, Duncan's the, the powerful striker. It's a kickboxing match. He doesn't have to rely and worry about the wrestling against a guy like Petrosian. And I could understand why you'd be siding with Duncan. Duncan to win by knockout is plus 175. So that's what Vegas believes is going to happen. The next best odds we're looking at is Petrosian to win by decision at plus 250 followed by Duncan by decision at plus 300. I think if you're looking for value there, the Duncan via decision might be might, might be worth something. I mean, this okay. is going to be one of those situations where it's not kind of the, the quick hitter, easy finishes for Duncan. But you like Duncan in the fight. No, I, 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 I today I like Petro, I like Petrosian in the fight today. Today, what I, about I, Saturday? Or, well, that's or, different. You know, I could, <laughs> I could flip. I could no, flip. I'm just messing with you. Uh, so man. no, so Petrosian. Why did I flip on uh, Dubronx? Uh, I don't Why know, did man. I flip on and I, and I will I mean, continue talked, to remind you of it for a while. But we never talked about it. I mean, look, it was the it was it. I kept going back to Dubronx's chin being questionable. Mm-hmm. Dubronx being dropped in all three of those fights that he was victorious in. Gagey. Poirier and Chandler and all three of those guys did not want anything to do with Oliveira on the ground Benil Dariush like no problem like he'll go to the ground and he did um, you know I just that's what I thought was going to happen that, that Benil Dariush was going to land something land one of those awesome haymakers mm-hmm. and then not have an issue going to the ground well yeah, yeah. Bronx did his did his thing. Yeah, exactly. And so, guys, fine. Go with the underdog again here. I like the pick. Uh, Petrosian plus 118. To me, that's good value. You're getting there as an underdog. Don't need to value hunt there because you are getting money, plus money, with an underdog there. The, the other, the next fight, we're going to have to do some value hunting because Armin Sarukian is minus 1,200. I'll even, before you, we even get into the spiel here, Sarukian to win by knockout is minus 135. That's not even great value. I mean, it's better value, obviously, than minus 1,200, 
but poor Silva here is just now I'm in my research in the notes. I'm taking this directly from UFC.com. Some may view this as a trap fight for Sarukian. Do you believe that's true? No, I don't believe that. <laughs> I do not believe that. Right, well, I, I do. do I do not believe that's so true. I mean, yes, away. I guess it's the prototypical like definition of. Uh, of a trap game where, you know, you could relate it to, you know, Alabama's, uh, Alabama playing, uh, you know, Southeast Missouri State but the, the week game, before uh, a game against, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, Georgia. Okay. <laughs> you know, one what, what of those situations. Like, Armin Sarukian should, should win this fight. I, I don't know why the matchmakers decided to, to have this fight take place. Maybe it's due to the fact because... Look, every other top-tier lightweight right now has uh, someone else on the schedule, and mm-hmm. they, they needed someone that, that Armin Sarukian could could match up uh, against. Uh, and, and look, you know, Sarukian does have to be careful against Silva. Silva's a guy that, that goes out there and does finish guys. You know, 10 of his 12 wins have come inside the distance. Uh, his two victories in the UFC most recently have been by by knockout. He knocked out your boy, Jared Gordon. Uh, but he's also been finished and, and finished quite handily by you know, not significant strikers, particularly Ricky Glenn. So I think Armin Sarukian's not going to have him on a mess around at all. He's going to want to get this fight to the ground, even though uh, you know, Silva is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. That shouldn't be an issue for Sarukian. So Sarukian inside the distance, probably the play. Uh, and Sarukian, you know, via that, that KOTKO is probably the play as well, just because he should squash this match. He should move on, get the win, get it rather easily against uh, Joaquin Silva. All right, so as I mentioned, Sarukian to win by knockout is minus 135. To win by submission is plus 275. And to win by decision is plus 330, but you're going inside the distance and to, to win by knockout. So we'll take by knockout at minus 135 because under one and a half right now is minus 155. Do you think it happens within the first round and a half? I do. Okay. I do. I, I think I think this is going to be an overwhelming. I, and look, I can't recommend a, a submission win for Sarukian. I mean, he's got five of them under his credit, but you know, the last one happened in 2017. This was yeah. all on the regional scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a guy that's going to look for the double leg or the single leg, look for top mount position, not be threatened by the submission attempts. Uh, of that uh, of Silva and look to get a TKO finish. So I think you know ground and pound, and certainly uh, you know what, what, let's get creative. What, let's get Sarukian in round one. Ooh, I mean maybe there's maybe there's by maybe knockout there's, by knockout. Double that, double your pleasure, double your fun. That is Sarukian to win by knockout in round one is plus one twenty. I mean that still that's they're like, not. Is, I'm telling this is a crappy fight. This is a bad fight. Yeah. And so to hunt for value, like, do you know how many things have to go? Like, if I'm if I'm making a three-team parlay and I'm only getting... So I've got to get Sarukian to win, to win by knockout, and to do it in the first round, and I'm only getting plus 120? Like, that's not great. Yeah. I'd rather just take the knockout at minus 135 because if it happens, like, let's say it happens the first 10 seconds of round two, or, like, he's about to knock dude out and the, you know, the bell rings in the first round, and then he just finishes the job in the second round. Like, then you're screwed. So I would just say take by knockout at minus 135 and don't even... Probably this, the, that's probably the safest bet as well. Because, again, you know, Silva could threaten with some submissions and survive yeah. into that first round and get into that second round. So um, there's not a lot of value, and for sure there's a showcase fight again for Armin Sarukian, and he should hopefully get uh, a bigger-time fight his next, uh, next go-around. Our next fight should be better just based on the odds in this fight. You've got Marvin Vittori and Jared Canyonier. Jared Canyonier is minus 105, and Vittori is minus 120. So this 
fight is a virtual pick em. These guys have something in common. They both lost to Israel Adesanya in their last uh, two fights here. So you've got two guys here that are coming in, both off of losses, both looking to bounce back, and uh, both having lost to uh, Israel Adesanya. And really in a situation where, uh, you know, a, a victory obviously will helps them. It doesn't, it would never hurt them, but like they're yeah. in a situation where I, I don't want to see Marvin Vittori fight. Uh, Israel Adesanya for a third time, and I don't want to see Jared Cannonier fight uh, Israel Adesanya a second time. Um, you know, Marvin Vittori had the more entertaining fights uh, of between the th- you know of the three fights that uh, were against uh, the middleweight champion of the world. So when when you look at this this matchup, first off, um, Marvin Vittori is coming off the more impressive win. He he stopped the meteoric rise of Roman Delizze the last time out. That was a good win for him in London at UFC. 286. He's also, in my mind, seen an opponent like Jared Cannonier three fights ago when he had a victory, albeit it was at light heavyweight against Paulo Costa, a powerful striker that's looking for pressure. Um, Jared Cannonier, though, is, is is no joke. Look, he he hits with a ton of power. He's got wrestling to, to rely on. I think I'm going to watch to see if, if leg kicks are established early from Jared Cannonier. If, if Jared Cannonier is landing in round one, I am most likely live betting Marvin, or most likely live betting Jared Cannonier in this fight because that's going to stop the forward pressure of Marvin Vittori. That's going to stop uh, potential takedown attempts that Marvin Vittori is going to want to establish, and Marvin Vittori is going to want to dirty up this fight. The issue if you're backing Jared Cannonier is that he has struggled to pull the trigger. He has struggled with guys that will pressure him, and Marvin Vittori is a guy that l- doesn't get knocked out. He's that toughness, that Nicholas Dalby that I talked about earlier on in the pod. Um, Jared Cannonier needs to land a significant blow, and I just don't know if even if he does that against a guy like Marvin Vittori, um, he's going to do that. So right now, as it stands, it's a, it's a near pick I think what Vittori's slightly favored right now, Dower 20 on FanDuel here mm-hmm. on a Wednesday. I like Marvin Vittori to win the fight. Um, I've always been a big backer of him, you know, throughout his you know UFC and mixed martial arts career. Uh, I like his style uh, of pressure fighting, takedowns, toughness. He is a guy though get, get gets a little bit amped for fights, a little bit too amped for my mind as well. Mm. So might want to pay attention to him a little bit. Uh, come to scale on on weigh-in day and how he's looking. Um, and this is also a last shot, Adam, for for Jared Cannonier. I mean, Cannonier's thirty nine years of age. Yeah, he ain't getting any younger. Uh-oh. Uh oh, watching gloves. What's that? watching the gloves? I'm not saying that. Okay. I, no, no, no. I, I still think that he's got you know a couple a year or two left. But I, I think he's a guy that's fought in other weight classes. I think at one time he fought at heavyweight too. So you know this this could be the last go around for him at middleweight. Maybe he goes back up to light heavyweight and, and gives a gives it a try there. Um, so I like Marvin Vittori. Here okay. on Wednesday, Dower 20. All right, Marvin Vittori, minus 120. If we look at uh, some value hunting here, Vittori to win by decision is plus 130, uh, and Cannoneer to win by decision is plus 330. Cannoneer to win by knockout is plus 225. And then the next closest one is Vittori by submission at plus 900. That's an interesting prop you just mentioned about uh, Cannoneer to win uh, via decision. Because I think this fight's going over. I think this fight's okay. going to the judges' scorecards. I don't think either guy's going to get stopped. Yeah, over four and a half is minus one ninety five. So yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, then and then I think that's okay. Well, that's a catering to Marvin Vittori, just establishing the, the striking and getting some takedowns in the fight, uh, or Cannoneer landing with those leg kicks and and, and landing some some powerful strikes. So yeah. if you're on Cannoneer's side, I think you got to go with plus three thirty 
because Marvin Vittori, um, you know, has six losses in his career. All of them have gone to the judges' scorecards. He doesn't get knocked out, and he's been in there with Robert Whitaker. He was in there with Paul Costa. He was in there with Adesanya, Kevin, you know, Kevin Holland. I mean, guys, guys that thump, and, and he wasn't put away. All right, so we will go with Vittori, though, on the money line as the official pick today on a Wednesday. It could change. Today on a Wednesday is Vittori money line. We're also going with Sarukian by knockout at minus 135. Petrosian at plus 118 on the money line. And then Salikov by decision at plus 180. That is UFC fight night uh, for this coming week on Saturday. I mentioned UFC 290, and I don't mean to throw this at you real quick, but I was just looking at some of the odds. Anything that, uh, that you know, you can see someone might get an advantage on. I mean, Volkanovski's minus 435 right now. That's insane. You know, Brandon Moreno's minus 170 against uh, Pantoja at plus 145. You know, you've got Robert Whitaker is fighting. He's minus 350 against Duplessis. Uh, you've got Bo Nichols minus 850 on this card already. Uh, Jalen Turner's minus 190 against Dan Hooker. Anything on this card that you're seeing that you like so far uh, for UFC 290? Because we've talked about it in the past. When these fight cards come out, you've been ahead of the game on some of these odds and getting bets in before you know the public money uh, tends to sway it or some of the bigger bettors tend to sway it. I mean, look, I'll say this. Alexander Pantoja is, you know, has two wins over Brandon Moreno. Uh, you know, at uh, uh, plus money right now, okay. there could be a theme there. And I, I don't think, like, you know, P- Pantoja just had, like, a, a, a hiccup, you know, and, and that's the reason why he's not the, uh, the flyweight champion of the world. And now Brandon Moreno's a tough out. So, but that could be worth a look for sure. Um, I, I think Jalen Turner's gonna gonna smoke Dan Hooker. I mean, I th- you know minus two dollars. I think that that's fine. Dan. This Hooker, seems like a big parlay uh, uh, pay per view for us. Yeah, it does. I mean, I'll have to dive a little bit deeper into Dreykus Duplessis if if it's worth playing nearly a three dollar underdog. You know, for that fight, we're definitely Not, stuffing Volk in there. Volk's our guy. Yeah, I, I don't think that Yair Rodriguez is going to have enough to to Volkanovski. And Volkanovski wants to win this fight and get. Actually, he could be next in line for Islam Makachev. Like, mm-hmm. that fight was uber close, you know, mm-hmm. when he went up in late and, and, and challenged for the lightweight championship. So, you know, Volkanovski for sure. Uh, Bo Nickel should – Bo Nickel – this is going to be similar to the, the Armin Sarukian. You know, Bo Nickel in round one via submission. Like, something <laughs> like kind of like crazy like that to find value there. Um, can't wait for that fight card, though. That should be pretty sick. It is going to be really good. But first off, we have a UFC fight night coming up this weekend. And also, Bellator coming to uh, Wintrust Arena this weekend as well. If you don't have your tickets yet, go to Ticketmaster.com for Bellator coming to Chicago this weekend. Yes. I was just going to say regarding that, I mean – you well, got some odds for that? Well, Patricio Pitbull is is a dollar is a nearly a two dollar favorite going down in weight to take on the champion at, at, at Bantamweight and Sergio Pettis. And yep. look, I get the fact that, that Pitbull's one of the best, if not the best of all time, that, that fought under the Bellator banner. Mm-hmm. Um but and, and if he makes the weight, if he wins that first fight, he'll he'll be obviously the bigger and the stronger fighter. But what's he gonna look at the weight cut? And Sergio Pettis, you know, at a plus one sixty six underdog right now as a defending champion. Um to my knowledge, in the history, there hasn't been a lot of success with fighters going down in weight to challenge for championships. Okay. Uh, Justin, or Justin, or excuse me, not Justin Gagey. Um, oh, man. Mm, TJ Dillashaw. There not successful. Uh, and then we, we just had it. Uh, didn't we just have it just recently in um, the UFC? I got to think about this now. I'll give you time. I don't remember. So don't worry about it. I'll think of it. And Vadim Nevkov in this fight is minus 540. Yeah, That's yeah. Huge, that, yeah. I mean, there's there's not much to. to yeah. I, I just can't. I love Yoel Romero, but 
it's just, he's 45. But it should be a good event regardless. It's always fun when Bellator comes here. So if you don't have tickets, Ticketmaster.com for those. We'll be back next week for another UFC fight night leading you into UFC 289. We'll be back with another unnamed MMA podcast. He's Jordan Sherwood. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And like I said, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.